Hello and welcome to That's Enough Already. If you haven't clicked subscribe to this podcast yet, just click subscribe and then every Monday you can hear what shits people to death. Now, before I tell you who's on the show this week, the borders are open between Australia and New Zealand. Can we believe it? I don't know. Maybe it's not open anymore. You know, anything can happen. Five-minute window. But uh, as far as I know, the borders are still open and my tour starts in May in Australia and I'm going to kick it off in Brisbane, then Sydney, then Newcastle, Perth, Melbourne, Gold Coast, Adelaide, Canberra, Narrawarra and Darwin. Have you got tickets yet? If you don't, please get some now. Share this with other people. Not so they can just get tickets, but also so they can enjoy this podcast. Because this week on this podcast, I have Mr. Sam Pang. He's with me on Have You Been Paying Attention? He's a very funny man. He is a golf pro. He plays that down, but he's really good at golf. And I met him a few years ago, and we sort of immediately clicked. Not in a way you would click with a friend, but in a way you would click with someone you've been married to for 45 years. That's Sam and I. That's our relationship. It is strong, but it's also bewildering and befuddling. I like to use the word befuddling. I don't use it enough, but I will amp that up right now. Now, this show is a little bit longer. This podcast is a little bit longer than any of the others, just simply because we had so much fun. And, of course, Sam came with a 28,000 list of uh, what shits him to death. And turns out I agree with every single one on his list. Have a listen. That's quite enough. Just Just shut your mouth. I don't give a stuff. Zip it. Shush, please. Uh, 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 uh. Yes, I can hear. Calm down, But I don't care. That's enough already. Shut up. Oh, shush. Hello, boo-boo. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, very clearly. Well, that's good because I don't have headphones and they're making me feel feel really uncomfortable about not having headphones. I mean, you look like a fucking amateur. I'm going to be honest with you. It's like, have you never been on radio? This is like radio, but from your home. Why so aggressive so early? I like to start off real hard. It's like the same at school. As soon as the kids start, I if a kid looks at me, I go, what? So they know you don't want to meet this lady again. <laughs> then even like the rest of the year, I'm the fun one. I'm the one that reads them stories and that, you know, sort of pretends to steal their nose and that kind of stuff. But <laughs> the first week you want to make a strong impact. Well, it's fine. So you, you go from you go from stealing their nose to, you know, but that's that comes from a point where you've threatened to punch it in week mm. one. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah. But see, when when people are like, then they start to question themselves. It's like, then they go, was she the bitch in the beginning? And and there's always the one kid that remembers or the one person, like even at a new job, you want to be not mysterious. You just want to be flat out aggressive that first couple of days where they go, do you remember when she was so crazy? And then people go, but she's the nicest one here. And they go, yeah, but I think she can turn. That's what you want. You want people to know you can turn. You don't want to have that threat. That you have to say to them, I could turn. They're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Is, is, that, like, <laughs> is that is that what is that what our relationship is that what you did with our relationship? Because I remember like our first few episodes of um, Have You Been Paying Attention very different to say our last two. Okay, so how would you describe our first two versus our last two? Frosty. Yeah. No, that's about that's about right. <laughs> no, it wasn't frosty. We were just feeling each other out. We didn't know each other. Yeah, I was very nervous because I get really bad stage fright too. So my first couple of times on any show is always a bit like, holy shit, don't say cunt. (laughs) (laughs) What a rule. 
What a rule for life. Because I know that you love it. You love it. Tell me, on a scale from zero to 100, how good am I at golf? Zero to 100? Yeah. Well, you're wonderful company. <laughs> um, I don't know. 50? I told you. I told you. The, you've got so many credits, the fact that you play. But then you yeah. should. The, the great piece of advice someone uh, that I heard was someone had just bought a $800 driver or whatever, $600 driver, and, uh, you know, an old bloke, just old golfer just said, mate, take that driver back, get your $800 back and um, spend it on lessons. You need yeah. lessons. Yeah, I do. But, see, it's a problem when you think you know everything. Why would you think you know everything about golf? <laughs> Why is that your starting position on everything? I know everything. How hard can it be? Like, because I honestly believe I can do anything. And also I've seen guys that, that other people go, he's a great golfer, and then he can't find these balls. And I'm like, I know where my balls are, you know. <laughs> Yours are easier to find. I'm not a good golfer. I just like the game. And I like playing no. with you. And I like You're that you play. You get to, you get to you spend three, four hours with someone you like. That's all. You're a lawyer. You're a great golfer. You're on a board at a club. Like you've won tournaments. Not the one we played, that one I won. But <laughs> <laughs> I Googled you before this. Like I actually Googled. Hold on a sec. Is any of this, is any of this going to make it or are you, are you doing those uh, things? This is, this is going to be like a five-minute, like an infomercial oh. almost okay. about you. Yeah. Because yeah, so <laughs> in terms of the brief, I've got th- is it things that chick me or something? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, but I'll get to that. I'll chat to you first and then I ask you about the shitting stuff. You don't start off with shit. Like we already started off with golf. To some people that is shit. Let me <laughs> let me spray on some Chanel number five first and then we can get started. I don't know. I Googled you, right? And then the first thing, you know, sort of autocompletes and people are always, you know, nosy about family stuff and who's your wife, that kind of stuff. I get the same. But then the top one, one of the top ones is, is Sam paying a wiggle? <laughs> well, well, I don't even know. Listen, I don't even know where that's from. My only guess, if I had to take a mildly educated guess, would be one of the wiggles was Asian. Mm-hmm. I think it was Jeff, the one who was always asleep, I think. Yeah, the one with a heart condition, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. I mean, that they, they literally couldn't fucking wake him. Wake up, Jeff! Please, God! It's a stadium full of children. Wake up, Jeff! <laughs> the paramedic was shouting it. <laughs> wake up, Jeff! Your 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 pulse rate. We don't have a pulse, and uh, yeah. I woke him up with a defibrillator. So that was interesting for the kids at that concert. That I think happened, no, didn't it? They had to resuscitate him. How? How awful. <laughs> Although, how educational for the kids. What happened to Jeff? Well, it's about time that you learn about death. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I think he made it. <laughs> yeah, he made it, which um, oh. that's why we're joking. Obviously, we'd never joke about someone who just died. Okay. Well, we would. Um, <laughs> we would, 100%. I don't know. What, I don't know why. Is it, what is it? it, it am I a wiggle? What a, what a weird yeah. request. What is yeah, weird? it says, was Sam Pang ever a wiggle? Oh, that, yeah, that's that how I got my big break. Can <laughs> <laughs> wiggle. I can't imagine you trying to be that up and hyper for kids. Like, woo! <laughs> yeah, we, I had on the radio breakfast radio show this morning. There were three callers that were kids, nine, nine, and ten, and 
Wow, Ursh, it was brutal. It was brutal. Was I mean to you? Oh, I, I tell my own. Don't worry. In terms of the meanness, <laughs> just just one little tear rolling down your cheek. <laughs> now I'm gonna have to go look for the video footage so I can see if you're crying on radio. <laughs> it's very weird because yeah, like you know, I'm a, I'm quite a, I'm a happy person. I'm not really like a you know a curmudgeon or you know I've got energy if I if I like the person like yeah, you. You save it. Yeah, you pace yourself. <laughs> I'm the same. We have this, both that we're excellent golfers and the fact that we don't advertise stuff, right? Like I don't advertise anything and people are quite keen on it. But is there anything, especially now during COVID, I was like, shit, maybe I should should advertise something. You know, I'm not touring. Television was off for a few months. I'm like, maybe I should start advertising. I mean, never seriously considered it. Please don't contact me. I'm not into your shit. Um, But is there something that you go, yeah. There, I, I could advertise. What's the one thing that will make you go, mm, I'm going to advertise that? I think, uh, you know, I, I consider myself, uh, you know, quite, um, you know, a, a man of the people and, and in touch with uh, the hoi polloi. Um, I think a, a luxury watch uh, feels about, you know, that feels like a good match for me if, uh, if, if anyone was yeah. out there involved in luxury watches. Like I can hold... I can do that ad where they don't wear it on their wrist and they hold it around their fingers. Oh, yes. <laughs> I can, they just hold it like that. I've seen it. No, that, that's how you lose a watch. I mean, <laughs> yeah. if you have kids, you'd say stop fucking around with that. Put it on or go put it back in your room. That watch is worth $10,000. Maybe, maybe put it around your wrist. Um, yeah. But it's in case you don't understand, you know, it's sort of you can't see the watch once it's on the wrist, you know, that that's yeah. why they do it. All right. Then. Oh, well, pardon me, Your Majesty. I, I mean, that's the, 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 the way that luxury wa- uh, luxury watches are um, presented to the public. I, I, I know a lot about a lot about luxury watch advertising, Sam Pang. I, I know the only place you ever see it is at the airport. You will never, on the back of a bus, see a Rolex or a tag you were at. It's always at the airport. It's like, who the fuck at the airport goes, I better get a watch. Like, I'm probably not going to make this. <laughs> I, I, I need to know if I'm going to be late for my connecting flight. I'm going to yeah. quickly grab a Rolex at uh, yeah. Marine. I don't know if I'd ever do It's not a blanket, no. It's just I feel like I was getting to the – it's interesting you ask because it's getting to the point now where, yeah, I haven't done – I haven't done anything, but not. It's not like they've been, you know, knocking down the door or anything. I just, I don't know. There's other things I'd rather do. Like what? Well, not podcasts. I tell you that. Not talk. Not talk <laughs> to friends. You know, to, at ten o'clock in the morning. Um, You'd rather talk to strangers from seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> kids, I love kids. You know, I love talking to kids on the radio. Um, I don't know if yeah, it's an interesting one that I didn't because yeah, I didn't know what, yeah, how much you'd done. Hold on, you said you did a tourism ad. Yeah, but it's not an ad really. It was a tourism campaign to get people to Africa and to get people. But it wasn't a like a proper ad thing and it was more to promote the Norfolk Island and to promote South Africa and the safaris and stuff because all those places were struggling. So it wasn't a money-making thing for me. It was a passion thing for me. I've also done an ad for Heart Foundation but and for breast cancer, so stuff like that, but not, you know, I'm not selling luxury watches. Well, uh, the the thing I learned there was if I ever did a if I did anything for commercially minded for a luxury watch or a luxury car that I wouldn't call it an ad I'd call it a campaign. Yes, that's much better. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and it's <laughs> it's I'm it's more I'm doing this not so much for the money. It's more a community service uh, campaign for BMW. Do you know what I mean, or whatever it is? Yeah. Like, yeah, for, just, for people yeah. with naked naked four fingers. You know, they they four four fingers. Yeah. What do you, do you call it? like mid four finger or the four of the four fingers? Like where the foreskin of the fingers would. I don't know what I'm saying. For, how have you how have you managed to put foreskin and fingers together? That's amazing. No, I mean like at the top of your fingers, you know. So sort of, uh, like, yeah. So I want to say like where the watch would go would be like where the foreskin of the finger would pull back to. But then I just, I'm assuming this is what you and Danny Minogue and Jackie O were talking about. Is it? Is this? We just continued on from that. Yeah. Yeah. Danny brought it up, you know what she's like. I wonder, I wonder if I I think it feels as though it's gone past the point where who would want me to do anything anyway? To be so, you could do one of those anti-ads on that, but it's like, well, I don't know if that's what, you know, they don't know what businesses or products actually want. They actually just want enthusiasm and enthusiasm. Yeah. Or something like that. They want enthusiasm. You, can't, you can't even say it. I think, I think, I think we should do an ad together. Um, for like a DIY type thing and build something in the ad. I think that's what we should do. Is that what you want me to encourage? I would like to do it. Doing an ad with, sorry, doing a campaign with you is, you know, that's more appealing than just me hocking something on the side. Yeah. Yeah, see, because to me there has to be a thing, like I need a backstory. (laughs) (laughs) I basically just need a good excuse as to what I can tell people. No, it's not an ad. It was more to help people, but I still took the money. I would, yeah, I would always. I, I, if, if, if ever questioned, I would just justify it with I've got crippling gambling debts. So, <laughs> you don't, don't, don't ask any more questions. It gets. Pretty- I don't. I don't think you should go with that route. It's like if I say my brother's in jail because of racism allegations. Like we can't. Like don't play to your stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't lose all the money playing Mahjong at the casino. I don't have to go that far. I'm saying don't play to the steering. Do something else. Say, like, you know, you got in trouble because you bottled a cunt in a in a Brisbane bar. Like that. Like, you know, something completely. They go, Ticho. <laughs> I glassed this fucker. You should you should see him. The, um, the money is to pay his hospital bills. Bang. Yeah, there you go. Boom. That's the backstory right there. I need a fact score. All right. Well, let's think about it. I, I can't imagine if anyone hears this that they'll be knocking down our doors for the, for us to endorse no. their product. No, and also, like I say, uh, I say I'll do it. Like I say, oh, yeah, shit, I'll do ads. But then, you know, if, if things get tough, like that's when I used to work in advertising, I used to say, you know, if you lose your job or we go through a financial crisis, like I'll suck dick for bread money, you know. But in reality, I'm not going to suck dick for bread money. That's not going to happen, hopefully. But now this is the same where I go, if things get tight, this is my dick for bread money. I go, I will do an ad. But it's like committing to go out with friends and, you know, to go see a, a mutual friend that you don't really know that well. And then on the night you go, why did I say yes? I don't want to do it. I'm not going. <laughs> That's me in advertising. <laughs> you, always, you always try to take me down like, you know, Naughty, sweary path. Do you know what I mean? And I yes. very, very <laughs> come on, mate. Jump in the water's nice. 
My mom is going to listen to this and go, why do you swear so much? When he didn't. He clearly felt uncomfortable. Wait, every time we, I'm with you, you try to turn me into a pirate or something. You know what I mean? I try to maintain a tasteful dignity, but not you. No, that's not even, that's not my thing. That's not my shtick. Tasteful dignity is not, that used to be my stripper name. <laughs> <laughs> name is Quiet Dignity, so it was very, very weird, very weird. <laughs> what was it? Quiet Dignity. <laughs> I um, I can't believe you're not absolutely raging your tits off. You obviously haven't been homeschooling. What, my tits off? What? Raging your tits off. Like, I've, I'm so sweary. Even the kids swear like me now because during this lockdown, I've had to do homeschooling and then sometimes I look at the stuff like the math is so hard. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like my four-year-old's walking around the house of his struggles. He goes, Jesus fucking Christ. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to have to <laughs> deprogram that one before he goes anywhere with his other adults. No, I didn't, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that hard for us. Why? Because your kid's smart. Are you saying your no. kids are smarter than my kids? Okay. Well, yes. <laughs> I'm going to go with yes. But I know I'm not one of those parents who says, um, Oh, my kid's a genius, my kid's a genius. But you can't, I can't in all good faith say that when, like, you know, I leave the house and I look over there and she's licking the curtains. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I'm not one of those parents. And, and the, the other thing is ours is a bit younger. So, I mean, our homeschooling was a little bit like, because I know it was uh, It was a brutal reminder and lesson of like, oh, yeah, we're not teachers. We're, 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 I'm, not, I'm your parent, I'm not your teacher. But we would, yeah. if they had a bad, if she had a bad morning, it was just like, ah, uh, Let's just, you know what I mean, we'll colour in those fucking unicorns tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? It's not that. Yeah. There wasn't mistakes with our homeschooling. It's only seven. Yeah, mine's seven too. But there was like actual math stuff. I They sent us like science experiments that I had to do. Some of the stuff I remember doing in high school. I'm like, why the hell is she doing this in year three and four? This is intense. Is that because you got kept back five times? Is that why you were yeah, still? Yeah, I, I was in that class where we were looking curtains. <laughs> You know, where all the other classes were called into assembly and we weren't. We had to stay in our room and then they said, now room 15 is our special room this year. Now I need all of you to be really nice to those kids. I was in that class. You at school. I would have loved to have seen you at school. I I loved it. Do you reckon we would have been friends? Oh, yeah, totally. I would have have got you expelled. (laughs) (laughs) I was real. I was naughty, but I did my work, though. I did the work. But then I was naughty too. I was the perfect balance, the yin and yang of good and evil, everything. You know, I participated in everything, but I was the naughtiest shit. I'm the reason I didn't become a teacher. I wouldn't want to teach anyone like me. What a loss to the education. Uh, I reckon all these students could be walking around like, Jesus fucking Christ, what's going on here? <laughs> your kids, the kids in your class would know how to swear at least. That's something. Hey, have you read my book? Why would I have read your book? You gave me the quote for the cover. Why have you not read the the book? You just answered your own question. I gave you the cover. I gave you the cover <laughs> quote for the book. Why? Why would I? Have, then my work is done. I've got to read the thing as well. Yeah. But I do it. I don't, I I'm not on Tuesday book club. You know what I mean? Like I I haven't read your book. But aren't you gagging to find out what's going on in my head? Like you know, don't you want to know what made me this mental? The backstory, mate. Remember, we're all about the backstory now. Why don't you just tell me? We save some time. Yeah, no, but then we have to talk for hours. Are you ready for that? 
I don't think we you could, you could sum it up quicker. That why do you need hours? Why can't you just no like- no <laughs> no no? I'll basically just sit here and look in your eyes while I play the audible book for you. You do an do you do an audio book? Yeah, just listen to it. You know that quote. You know that that quote. I would argue took me. I worked harder, and it took me longer than probably it took for you to write the actual book. That's probably true because I did a a voice to text on my laptop. I literally spoke that book to myself and then sent it off. You just did a TED talk and then got someone to transcribe it. Yeah, but oh. a very average TED talk. Oh well, what a what a an accomplished author and writer <laughs> you, you absolutely are. My my, I was really proud of my quote. I get, I sent you about ten. And I had to peel some of them back. I'm like, dude, what are you? Were you crying? I could see the teardrops on some of them. <laughs> one, one of them had one of them. One of them in, uh, did mention a. A, a prostitute on fire and a nun, so that was weird. Yeah. They didn't want that. No. <laughs> no, weirdly, they weren't into it. It's only because it was being published by prostitutes and nuns. That's your question, is it? That's that's your question, is it? Is that, um, have I read your book? Yeah. No. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to say it doesn't hurt. Like one day when you write a book, then I'll read that. Never happening. Why not? How will people know, like, what goes on in your head? Like, the deeper, like, because you're a competitive guy. So now I'm like, are you happy with how your life's going? You know, or would you have liked, would you, would you, would you, would you you have liked to have gone a little bit harder on the footy and act, you know, like be a successful footy guy? Or now, now you're you. Like, are you happy? Uh, am I ha- am I happy? Well, no, not, I'm not. I'm not thrilled. But I, it, I, the the alternative of like being a professional footballer that was, you know, I'm quite comfortable that I was never going to be good enough to do that. Like I was, he was all over at about twenty for me. So I've had plenty of time to reconcile that. But um, but yeah, you don't I'm, wake up in the middle of the night like those Vietnam movies where you're in a sweat and you're like. Pop! I'm open or, you know, you don't get those. You no. sleep, your pyjamas is your old footy uniform and it's all got holes in it. No, it's a, it's a beautiful um, beautiful position to find yourself in where you, you are complete, you're at ease and, and completely comforted by the fact that I was never good enough. So there's no injustice there. Well, see, again, it's like I think you should change the backstory of that. It's not that you weren't good enough. It's that other guys were better. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saying you were amazing, but other guys were more amazing. See, it's not that you weren't good enough, Sam. I'm going to be, this is the part where I'm like, Oprah, where now you have to cry. You were the best. Oh, you know what? You know what? I'll, there is a sadness that's swelling up. It's only because we've been going for 32 minutes and we haven't actually got to the bit that I thought we we're going to talk about, about the things that shit me. So let's just get to the bit that I know you're gagging for. Okay. What is the one thing in life about other people that shits you to death? Is that what it's supposed to be about? I just thought it was just what what shits you in general. Okay, what shits you in general? Well, I made a list. Okay, give it to us. Is that okay? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I love problems. Only because I I assumed that some people, others would have one thing and that you would really dig deep into. And we don't need to dig. Yeah, I'm not that passionate about anything. Yeah. No. no, no, don't worry. We've, I've had Ronnie Chang on. He's had heaps of stuff to complain about, yeah, Ronnie, which is awesome. Well, Ronnie, of course, yeah, Ronnie should have heaps to complain about. Look, you know, things are yeah. on. He's, he's really struggling, really struggling. So do you want, this is the list of things that shit me. Go for it. I'm ready. Not in any order. Well, they are in an order. They're in the order that I read them out. But this in, in terms, not in terms <laughs> of importance. Right about this. People who don't dress up when they go out 
to a show. Jesus, all right, mate. You don't know their backstory. Well, if I went, so I went and see, you know, Don Rickles. Yeah. I went and saw Don Rickles in, uh, he was in a tuxedo with a band and he's from, you know, like old Vegas, you know what I mean? Like it was a, you know, I dressed up. The guy next to me was in a fucking tracksuit. Yeah. I know. Sometimes I look at my audience and I'll say to the guys, were you mowing the lawn and decided, fuck it, let's go to a show and just got in the car. (laughs) So that's not a bad one, is it? No, no. You know what? I don't mind if you don't dress up, but at least make sure your partner's not dressed up. Sometimes the women are fucking dressed to the nines and the guy's in shorts and thongs. And I'm like, she's going to cheat on you and you deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to dress. She's going to cheat on you with someone who dresses like an adult at at a show. Yeah, who knows what socks look like? <laughs> what this is, here's another thing that shits me: craft beer. Oh yeah, me too. I hate it. I hate it so much. Where and they put signs out, go hundred different flavors. I go, yeah, where's your mass produced shit? <laughs> I don't want this fucking idea you came up with in your garage with your drunk fucking cousin. <laughs> Liz, Liz, I don't want my I don't want my beer that smells like um, roses and flowers. I just like what. Yeah. Foot and apricot. What's his left foot and apricot? <laughs> <laughs> so the other, so the thing is they, they pride themselves on, look, look at these, we've got a hundred different craft beers to choose from. And I always end up this, asking the same question. What is the, what is the one of them that tastes the most like, you know, Carlton Draft or Victoria Bitter or like that's, I go, that's all I want. Oh, my God, you're my spirit animal, Sam. You are. You know what? Cause, and also like back in the day, after a hot day, you play, you know, some golf, then you go, you sink a beer. The first one's always a bit faster than the second one because, yeah. you know, you're hot. Or even you've mowed the lawn, you sink a beer, and then you just visit the next one. You know, you sort of just linger on the next one. Well, you can't fucking skull a craft beer. That thing will rip the back of your throat out. It's so hoppy. It's like, Jesus Christ, where do you bite it off? Like, it's it's not a pleasure to drink it. The people go, you just need to get used to it. No, anal sex is to get used to stuff. Beer, you should just be fucking drinking. You, can I suggest that you may um, be more passionate about that than me? I just threw it up as one of ten of them. But anyway, that's fine. I'm glad I... I if I ever need you, you know, if I ever need your energy lifted and all that, I'll just mention craft beer and it'll fire you up. Uh, what about this one? Poor penmanship. Delve into that a bit more. Uh, because I, I'm old school. I didn't grow up with computers. I, I was, you know, I'm still a, a pen and pencil man when I was young. And so, I, as as I'm getting older, I'm noticing that people's penmanship seems to be getting worse and worse. Now I don't even know if they're learning it in school anymore. But good penmanship is something that I value and really notice immediately. Also to the point where I actually did a calligraphy course. Wow. Yeah. That is the nerdiest shit I've heard in my life. Wow. But good on you because I've got a t- I've got terrible handwriting. I've always had terrible handwriting. I've got the handwriting of a serial killer. Sometimes I, I try and read what I wrote and I just can't, you know, like it's, it's terrible. If, if this is something that you acknowledge, is this something that you would consider wanting to improve? See, but that's the thing. Like, I really try. And I write because I write longhand every day. I prefer to write with pen. I always have paper with me. Even here, I've just got this book and I've just made heaps of notes and stuff on it. But look at my handwriting. Well, that's, is that yours or your kids? No, that's the thing. It's mine. Like, even the kids go, what's wrong with you? Like, I know it's terrible. And I always got in, in trouble at school. I know this is not visual, but look, I also have a pen, a fountain pen. And also there's my oh. handwritten notes. Wow, that is not as good as I thought it would whoa, be. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm. Are you, are you <laughs> not praying that? 
Have a look at it. I mean, it's it's fine, but it's still really hard to read because your kerning is a bit tight. Oh, here's one for you. Now, now I'm finding. Now I am passionate about this. Fuck you. That's good penmanship. <laughs> right. Okay, mate. <laughs> what about this one? Now I know. Listen, you you've been talking about golf a lot. What about this? This is another thing that shits me. Okay. This is quite specific. The lack of 1980s West Indian cricket memorabilia available. That's yeah. But you know why I think it is? Why? Because West India went, went through such a bit there where they were really shit. It's like trying to find Zimbabwean memorabilia. You just can't find it because people didn't value it, so they literally buffed it in the But bed. if you how how could you not value that era with the coolest cricket team and players ever with you know with Viv Richards, with Clive Lloyd, with Desmond Haynes, Gordon Grange, Richie Richardson, Michael Holding, Malcolm Marshall. This like why aren't I just stuff from that era should be available. But that's what I'm saying. You know what sport is like. Like people love it. It's like it's full love or full hate. There's no grey area with sport. So, and it's the same with like, um, you know, the early 90s memorabilia for South African squad and the Zimbabwean squad when you had basically the whole Zimbabwe squad was also the national rugby team, you know, but you don't find any of that because as soon as that team starts doing poorly, people just go, this team sucks and they throw their shit out. So no one keeps it and that's why. People don't respect when the team is doing bad. They don't support through the dips. All right, how many more of these do you want? Do I just keep going? Yeah, keep going. Are you enjoying this? Is this all right? I'm loving it. Yeah, I just, I I'm loving it. I didn't, I, you know, it's it's half of me is like I don't, I can't, I don't back myself to commit to one thing that we're going to talk about that will be entertaining enough. This is more like a cover. Like I'll just throw these all up and then hopefully there'll be one or two that you like. I feel like Oprah, you know, Oprah said when she finished her talk show, she goes, there was one thing that all of her guests had in common. Everyone from, you know, royalty, the presidents, the, you know, to, you know, mums that they did makeovers. She goes, at the end of it, they all want to know, did that sound all right? And now I feel like I am Oprah. Well, because you're asking it's me. Only, it's only because I care. It's obviously, you know, I'm very humble that you'd ask me on. But now it's like, yeah, okay. Now it's now I want it to be good enough for you to, you know, play. It's because you're a competitive guy. I love. No, it's it. not competitive. It's just a normal. It's just a natural state where you go. I'm, I've been asked to do something. I hope it's okay. What fucking lunatic yeah. just walks around going, whatever I do is fine. Yeah, but that's the thing. People. Who, who just go with shit now, they just back themselves 100% and you're like, you're not as good as you think you are. <laughs> I don't know why you are backing yourself so hard at being this fucking expert when you're pretty shit. But you can't say that to people anymore. Well, I think you can, by the way, especially on your own podcast. What about this? I don't, this is another thing that shits me. Bronze frequent flyer memberships. Um. Yeah, I, I mean... I can't really because I'm, you know, oh. I fly so much I'm basically a fucking pilot. I value gold and silver, whatever they are, but I don't know what bronze is doing for you, to be honest. No, but you know what I do think? Like I'm I'm like triple platinum, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm as high as you can go and then banked it for four years. Like that's how much. So, okay, let me ask you, uh, let me ask you a question because this is one of the things that shit me to death. Say you're sitting in the lounge, the announcement comes on, your flight is ready to take off. Then they say platinum members or gold members can go to the front of the line. Do you go to the front of the line or do you just hop in the line and wait for your turn? Well, in business, in business class, I'm already on the flight, so it doesn't really. Yeah, no, no, but even on business, sometimes like when you walk out of the lounge, there is a line. Yeah. I still go in the back of the line because what a fucking douche nozzle. Just walk past all of those people and go, uh, I'm business. 
yeah, even more so. Wait your turn. These poor bastards are going to sit there shoulder to shoulder for on a 12-hour flight to LA, whereas you're going to lie sleeping. Well, Just let them go on. I know I said it earlier, but deep down I'm not really a man of the people, so I absolutely, if I had a gold or silver membership, I would be, like you said, I'd be up with the pilot. I'd walk on with the pilot and the crew. That's where I'd be going. I'd get in early. <laughs> Um, oh, no, I, I wait my turn. I, I just wanted to expose you as not really a man of the people. I'm, uh, <laughs> do you do a lot of international travel? Well, enough. Before COVID, I was, you know, I used to love it. It's one of the things I'm missing. Yeah. I'm, not, not, I'm not saying I'm like a, you know, um, flying to Aspen every second week with them. I'm not those people. But when, when it's a holiday and if I can get it out, you know, go overseas, it's wonderful. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is, Sam, and I do miss it. Geez, that got dark then. That got, not dark, but pretty. Yes. Listen, what about this one? This is another thing that shits me, that there has been no definitive biopic on Dean Martin. What's your other one? Do you have another one there? <laughs> <laughs> I think, I, I think Listen. people who are, oh, shit, who's got that complaint is like you and, I don't know, maybe Dean Martin's family members. Like I, I think it's such a small crack. No one would give a shit. I don't care if it keep people give a shit or not. That's something that shits me. The, the, the fact that we've had, like, you know, biopics on, think about, you know, I don't know, Ali and JFK and, you know, there's been all these picks. And, and that, but the only thing I would add to it is that it was in the works. Like Martin Scorsese was, there was talk of him directing a movie about Dean Martin based on this great book called Dino by Nick Toshes, I think his name is, and it just never never came to fruition. So that's annoying to me. So, see, if that is not like a warning to you, like in 50 years there'll be a, I don't know what they'll call podcasts then, go, there's nothing about Sam Pang. Like someone's going to make a movie and then someone else will go, yeah, but there's no, he never wrote a book. (laughs) See what I'm saying? I... I won't care that there's no buy a movie about me. I'm just saying I love Dean Martin. There should be- but there will, I, I think there should be a movie about you and I'll play your early love interest, the one that breaks your heart. I, I've just had some South African people go, they want to make a movie about my book, and I'm like, damn, I should have written some sex scenes in there. <laughs> if, I, if they make a movie about your life, uh, it's hard to say I haven't read it, but is there a role from is, can I? Is there anything I can do? I could narrate it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a part in there, like uh, one of my friends is a drag queen, plays a huge part right through the book, and you could play you could play her. Obviously, I've been typecast. <laughs> you know, hey, you, you know, because you like rugby, I'll tell you this. Did you know I yeah. got I got asked to be in a movie? Yeah, which one? It's called the, it's called the Brighton Miracle. It's about Japan's famous victory in rugby at the World Cup over South Africa. Maybe does that make sense? Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, a massive victory. Yeah. We scored zero. Yeah, but do, and do, but do you know what? Do you know what the the role that they wanted me to play? The referee, Eddie Jones. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I can see that. <laughs> and do you know who got it? You know who? The, you know who ultimately they went with Tamura Morrison. Oh well, I can see that too. Actually, yeah, well, Timur. They went with Timur Morrison. What? What's his name? Timur. Timur. Anyway. Yeah, good, well, good decision. Go with go with the fucking actor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> movies should have actors in them, and books should be written written by writers. That's why I will. I'm going to no, do neither. But you're you're just handicapping yourself. Your your own handbrake. Like I just honestly, 
I've I've been in movies. I've been in TV shows where I play these characters and I love it because I feel like it's not me. I can do whatever I like because it's not me. And then, you know, same with the writer. Yeah, I'll write some shit. I'll write a kid's book. I'll write. <laughs> I, I, with, with the greatest respect, I don't think that's necessarily the mindset that um, a budding author should have to the publisher when the publisher asks them, to, to, to do this thing and they go, yeah, I'll write some shit for you. I think this should be You know what? I, I don't give a shit because my, this is honestly word for word the, the conversation I had with a um, publisher. So I get an uh, email from this woman and um, she, she had already spoken to my manager. She wanted to sit down and have a coffee with me. And so she goes, she's Australian. So she goes, um, so apparently you're quite popular in Australia and New Zealand for some reason. And um, we think a book would sell. I almost, I wrote the book out of spite for that book. <laughs> just because. <laughs> I was like, because <laughs> she was like, I done. Like the, they've done three reruns of the book, right? And I've added. Um, What's a bestseller? Yeah, I've, I've added three chapters because people are, you know, like it sells really well. So she's like, and every time she contacts me, she goes, um, so we're going to have to print some more because it looks like, like she's, she 100% does not back me. You can see just, say, she does not rate me. You're never going to win her over. It's it's free, it's free, it's yeah. reprinted and you're, extend, you're writing extra tap chapters for new editions and she's still not giving you, do you think, by the way? Nothing. Do you think the uh, quote on the front by the, um, by your friend may have anything to do with sales. Oh, the Lucy Lawless one? Not the Lucy or your... Lawless one. Anyway, do you want some more? Do you want some more things to me or not? Yes, yes, yes. All right. This one is once again, these are all pretty specific, but one is in a uh, the thing uh, the thing that shits me is in a when you're seeing a play when you're allowed to go and see theatre, when actors have to move their own sets in between scenes. Oh, well, I'm watching. I'm, I'm explaining. So I'm watching. You know, I love. So you, to go and see a play, very powerful. There's big, big scenes, and and you know, and there's you know drama, and the, you can hear the audience is into it, and then you know it fades to black, and then you can someone's just done this, you know, opened up their heart and done a big, big monologue about you know, I mean, love or death or something, and then then you see them, you can see their outlines where they're moving their chairs and their tables for the next scene. They shouldn't have to do that. They're the actors. Yeah, then you see them grab the other side of the couch. Yeah. See the, see the things I choose to get passionate about? <laughs> it definitely is. Uh, <laughs> you're not speaking for the every man anymore. <laughs> hey, I, you know what? I like, I like that you don't, you, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to go with me on all these. You, you don't necessarily I don't. agree and you're not. Yeah, no. The last two has been very, very you. Well, thank you. I take that as a compliment. The West, between the West Indian cricket team, Dean Martin, and the and actors moving their uh, move, having to move their own sets in between scenes in plays. Yeah, that's. I think that's that's distinct. That's yeah. that's all you. Uh, do you want do you want one more? Yes. I was going to say tennis crowds, but then it's just tennis. So tennis and tennis crowds. Why don't you like tennis? Well, it's boring. No, it's not. No sport is boring. Oh, I want this podcast to be one minute of me going. Yes, it is. And then you go, oh, and then- <laughs> Yes, it is. That's going to be the ad. Sam Powell hates tennis. I want, to do, I want to do this clean. Tennis is boring. To you. And you're supposed to say, no, it's not. 
No, it's not. Yes, it is. Tennis is not boring. Tennis is is amazing. It can be frustrating when both the players do that. Like I don't that that puts me off. I I get distracted by that. I'm like every now and again, you know, especially when you're looking at your phone, you're like, am I watching porn? No, it's just <laughs> like I don't. No one needs to scream like that. It's like when you go to the gym and you hear these guys. Like I don't. For the record, I don't go to the gym at the gym gym or gym at home. But when I'm at a hotel and you go to the gym, there's always a guy that lifts the weights. Like, it's like you don't need to do that. No, when like I've, I've I've lifted heavy stuff. That's not how it works. Tennis players don't need to grunt as well. I am with no, you there. No, but. Everything else around it is fun, like, you know, the champagne and the strawberries and the, you know, ladies in short skirts. It's all fun stuff at the tennis. Is that, is that, do you only go to the tennis when you're in the Royal Box at Wimbledon, do you? Is that the only? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, so next to Kate, what is the point? They're not, that's not, that's not necessarily tennis. There are different ways of viewing tennis, by the way. Over in Australia, it's brutally hot. And if you're on the outside courts, there's no shade. And it's just, yeah, good luck with your strawberries and cream on uh, on the, you know, court court 15 out out in the 40 degree heat. The other thing is tennis crowds shit me. Can you give me that? Yeah, I I can because there are definitely a type of people. Like footy audiences are a type of people. Tennis audiences are the other type of people. I've talked about this with my friends lots. The ten- tennis crowd, there is no easier crowd to entertain to, or to make laugh than a tennis crowd. They're so, and it's because they're so bored with back and forth, mm-hmm. back and forth, that the first time, so the, the, so tennis players have this, these, they can get, they can get 15,000 people laughing their head off, which you should be offended, by the way, as a stand-up comedian. If a fucking tennis player stops play to pick up a moth or an insect, right, they'll go bananas. The other great one is if a line, the linesman makes a call they don't like, they'll turn the racket uh, around and then pretend that it's a walking cane. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a great one. Having a hit with a ball <laughs> boy or a ball girl, that'll bring the house yeah. down. And yeah. know, that, that, that crowd is so desperate for entertainment or any sort of levity that they will piss themselves at, at just anything other than back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You know what? Because I, um, I did a fundraiser for uh, the after the Kaikoura earthquake and we it was during the, the ASB tennis champs and then we got uh, the Williams sisters and uh, Wozniacki and a couple of rugby players and I was emceeing the thing, you know, sort of facilitating. And um, I had a giant tennis racket, you know, those like sort of clown tennis rackets. That's enormous. And I was just running around with that. And it fucking killed. Like I didn't even say anything. I was just running around. Of course it was. Of course it was. It was fucking tennis racket. It was sent to court and it was sold out. And then out comes... um, the players, and they started knocking the ball around and I kind of talked a bit, you know, sort of made it too serious. I, I talked to Venus about, you know, equal pay in sport. Uh, of course, not not the right time for it. <laughs> but then, um, so Wozniacki and, and Venus Williams was on the one side and Serena was just knocking with them. I said, and I had the microphone, I go, oh, I'll play with you. If no one wants to play with you, don't worry. And I just grabbed a normal racket and I just, you know, just we were playing doubles and um, the crowd wasn't cheering for any of the professional ten- tennis players, but every time I hit the ball, I nearly got a standing ovation. Every time. It's like a s- absolute silence. Then I hit the ball and you just hear, <sighs> like they go nuts. 
And then I hit the ball and Venus missed the backswing. And so I hit the winning shot and, and the crowd went absolutely nuts. And I knew she could have returned that shot. She knew she could have returned that shot. Every fucking person in that arena knew she could have returned that shot and probably ripped my head right off my shoulders. But they were basically upstanding. It was it was amazing. So I, I kind of like tennis fans. Yeah, I, I was about to say, that's don't wear that as a badge of honour that tennis crowds love you. That's, that's not a I do. Thing. I do. do you, but I'm telling you, <laughs> you can defend all you want. I'm, that's something I am strong about. I, I hate tennis and I hate tennis crowds. Yeah, I can understand sitting in the sun, but like say every time I've been to the tennis, I've sat down right on the court, you know, like in one of the boxes where we've had someone bring us champagne and stuff because I've usually worked it. So I'm on the either backs, you know, with the tennis players interviewing them and my family sitting there and I'm just sweating my my ass off running between these tennis players um, and then so I don't actually enjoy any of the champagne and the canapes. You don't have to judge. And oh, then, you're a very successful woman and, you know, when you go and watch sport, it's not with, you know, the masses, it's it's with corporate hospitality. That's fine. Just no, 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 no. Up. I mean, that's how I watch football. That's what, how I watch league out of the you know, the corporate box and the same with rugby and the same with cricket because uh, there's a lot of drunk people out there uh, and they're not very nice when there's a whole pack of them and it's just me. Well, I'm usually one of them. That would be me. We're very different. You wouldn't sit in the masses just there sitting on the grass with your little picnic blanket and your cooler box. <laughs> oh, Why is that so funny? Of course that w- I would do that. In saying that, I right, haven't been to a lot of live sport for the last 10 or 15 years, so it may be a while, but, you know, whatever. No, I mean, I took I take my kids to the cricket and we sit on the grass and they watch, like, you know, T20 um, one day as we sit on the grass because that's where all the vibe is. That's Even with footy, I, I hate sitting in the box because you don't get any of that vibe, you know, of people in the – but then it gets a bit too much when they've had too much to drink and, you know, because I'm sexy, people always want to touch me. Like, that's a <laughs> – Okay, it's a bit too much laughter. Um, what about? Yeah. <laughs> no, I just I'm just thinking about you and your kids. Your poor, you and your poor kids. Uh, you know, just sitting on the grass watching the cricket. It's really like it's like a scene from Les Mis. The idea. That you, <laughs> you're really you're really roughed it there. I think I think that's yes. it. That's pretty good. People who don't dress up at shows, poor penmanship, craft beer. A lack of 1980s West Indian cricket memorabilia available. Um, bronze frequent fly memberships. No definitive biopic on Dean Martin. Live theatre where actors have to move their own sets in between scenes and tennis. Come on. I mean, that is the whitest fucking list of complaints I've ever heard. Like, you are the whitest guy I've ever heard right now. Sorry, like, I forgot. Sorry. Everything in there, you've got theatre, you've got <laughs> tennis. Like, it's all very lordy motherfucking da. <laughs> I should mention too that I am also, I, I don't like racism. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut that bit. <laughs> I, like, I like it. I like it. I like the earnest, the idea of being in a nervous, earnest conversation where someone genuinely says, ah, oh, just racism. It's so, such a. Refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> How great is it? Do you think it's going to be a bit of a bad rap at the moment, isn't it? No, let, let me ask you this, right? Because I get this a lot. And, and Nazim and I talked about this. It's like, I'm foreign, right? Like, I identify as immigrant mainly because I'm a fucking immigrant, right? But then when I'm in a room with other, you know, say Aussies or 
you know, then they'll go, he's fucking immigrants. And I'll go, I'm an immigrant. And they go, yeah, but you know what I mean. I go, yeah, I'm palatable. One, I look like you, so you don't care. You're one of the good ones. Right? Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like it really fucking grinds me. Like I get so angry and I'm like, just because I look like you, so I'm okay for you. And But also the difference between an immigrant and an expat. Everyone that looks different is an, is an immigrant. Mm. Everyone that looks like you is an expat. expat. Yeah. So, but, but, but the thing is people get so, it's like, they don't mind. They'll, they'll say racist shit around me and then go, you know, like we don't mean anything by it. I'm just saying. And I'm like, yeah, but it's a hundred percent fucking racist shit that you're saying. So do you get that where people say stuff in front of you? Cause they go, yeah, but you're just one of us. You know, they feel comfortable. So they just let roll with racism. I'm just, I'm picking up on a vibe here. Are you anti-racism? Is that what you're saying? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, I'm pro-sexism and homophobia, but don't come with the racist shit. You could, you know, with some of the things. I don't, I don't mind pay inequality, but don't come with the racist. Hey, well, how has this turned how has this turned into Oprah now? You're really, I mean, there's all the, you know, laughs about tennis, and just got deep. tennis crowds and, you know, Venus and Serena and, you know, uh, craft beer, and now we're talking about, you know, genuine issues. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I told you because at, at some point you have to cry. That's the only way you're getting off this podcast. <laughs> do you think, as if you could, what, 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 why do you think I would ever cry? I could make you cry. Please, Ursh. I could, I could, I could, I could. I would cry. You know what makes me cry? The national anthem. Or when, when um, the underdog wins a medal or something. You know, when you watch the Olympics and, and there's like someone and they go, yeah, so they hear um, their father just passed away and this is what they... <laughs> really? You know I cry? Yeah, when? The bit that I always cry at is in, in Notting Hill when they're in the bookshop and she says, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. Do you remember that scene? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. I do remember that scene. So I, sh- I, I, so I, I that, that, that scene is so special to me that once I was asked to... Um, <laughs> <laughs> One said that at a um, some I don't know if it was a writers' fest. I don't know what it was. I don't know why it would have been if it was a writers' festival. But anyway, some night was put on, and it was called "Unaccustomed as I Am." Dot dot dot. As in, you know, and and you had to. There were ten speakers, and all they had to do was read out a speech. Uh, the the uh, first speaker was um, a famous barrister, and he read out the Gettysburg Address. And the last nice. speaker was Noni Hazelhurst, and I think she did um, uh, Paul Keating's uh, Redfern speech, which is amazing and powerful. And, yeah. and wedged in between was me reading out this, reading out the Julia Roberts speech in the bookstore in Notting Hill. Oh my god! <laughs> of a boy asking, "That's by the way, hey, I killed that night." Like I had a tennis crowd out there. They fucking loved it. Right. Did you then pick up all this, the stuff off the stage and carried it all? <laughs> <laughs> Go drinking craft beer backstage and fucking uppercut yourself. <laughs> and, then I, and then I went in and then I, I really, I really had them on the hook when I lamented the lack of um, biopics about Dean Martin. So it was really, yeah. it was just, I had him in the palm of my hand it. Oh my god! I'm still, proud. Yeah, I'm still right. proud of that. I'm proud. No, I mean you make choices, not good ones, but it was a choice. <laughs> I, 
I, what about you? What did you do? What the fuck is this still Should going? You... How long is this podcast? No, I'm, I'm going to have to cut a lot out. <laughs> I want to know what shits you about yourself. What? What shits you about yourself that you wish, fuck, I wish I could stop that. Mm, I, you know, if if any, if I can be serious for a moment, Irv, if, if anything, it's probably that I'm just too generous, maybe too giving. <laughs> uh, I was going to say maybe too obvious because who didn't see that coming? <laughs> I love, I love, you know what my favourite, you know what my favourite bit in an interview is when, if someone asks, what, what you know, what, what, what would you change about yourself? What don't you like about yourself? And they go, oh, if anything, it's, it's probably I'm just I'm too much of a perfectionist. I care too much. Yeah, there was there was care too I much. Care too much. Too much. I just I care, I just care. Too, if anything, I just care too much. I can't stop caring. Yeah, I just I wish I didn't love as much as deeply. <laughs> I wish I wish I didn't give as much to charity as I do. I just um, philanthropy. Just I wish. Uh, just I wish I could worry less. <laughs> worry less for others. For others, yeah, not you. <laughs> Can that that last two minutes be my answer or do you really want something? What is it? What do I I hate about myself or change? No, no, no. What what shits you about yourself? Like what's the one thing that you go, fuck, I wish I could just stop doing that. I mean, if you you have nothing. That's where. Get get your wife, get your wife down here. You want me to go and ask her? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, that's another four-hour talk. All right. Settle down. <laughs> Once again, too much laughter from you. No, I there's there's so there's so much there's so many things that I can't, it's a, not one doesn't even stand out because there's so many. Like mine is impatience. I'm really impatient, and I I sometimes wish I could just give it a second. Because like my mum always said, even when I was like three years old, I'll say it and then the thought goes through my mind. Like I don't think before I speak. I just, but to me now I've sort of harnessed it and I've put a different label on it. It's it's speaking with integrity because I say exactly what I feel. So that's, you know. So you you don't like that you're impatient? No. I don't like, I wonder, just make, I I, I don't like that I don't think that I'm enjoying things as much as I could be. I told you I've got deep in me. <laughs> what I'm still processing. I know. Fuck that me. It's are you, are you, it's it, this is not like a you, a you know a new thought. But like, you know people, you know you always look back and you go, "Geez, I wish I'd enjoyed it more. I wish I'd enjoyed that oh. more." And you know, I think I'm doing like I'm doing some things now that I like doing, but they, they, it's still always like for instance, you know, like today doing this podcast with you. Yeah. You know, is there anything yeah. more joyous than than chatting to you? And yet, you know, if you'd called me five minutes before and said I've got to cancel, you know, yeah. that's a good day for me. Yeah, I mean, that's just found. Yeah. You know I mean, I, like, it's like, why don't, why wouldn't I be disappointed that that wouldn't happen? It's like I'd, I'd like to enjoy these things at the time as opposed to looking back. Like I'll enjoy this as soon as it's over. I go, wow, that was fun. But in the lead up, it's like, oh, you know, someone said, oh, what are you doing? I said, oh, I've got to, I've got to do um, Urge's podcast. And, and then they corrected me and they said, you shouldn't like a chore. And I said, no, no. And I said, well, it's not that you've got to do Ursula's podcast. You get to do Ursula's podcast. God, I, I love Chrissy. <laughs> that, was, that was brownie, by the way. That was brownie. 
Oh, I love brown. It's they're the same person, just a height difference. They are. They are. Oh, it's a good reminder. <laughs> they have the same voice. It's a good reminder. Try. I, just, I, yeah. I wish I was enjoying it more along the way, but it, it's. Yeah. I, I'm not doing that. All right. Well, that's all I've got. That's all I want to know from you. Is it? That's the whole pot. Yeah. That's it. We've done it. What's the podcast called? That's enough already. <laughs> is that how you <laughs> how you plan on finishing every episode? Wrapping. No, I've got a little jingle. Oh. You know, Hayley, <laughs> Hayley Sproul. Hayley wrote me a little jingle. It's fucking amazing. It's so cute. Here's the jingle. You ready? Yeah. Oh, wow. I've got one. I've, I've actually got one final thing that shits me. Jingles. <laughs> that one is a jingle. <laughs> oh, there you go. What a way to finish. That's enough already. Shut up. Oh, shush.